Blog Talk Radio. are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest right hey 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 happy thursday y'all hey see hey lisa girl how you doing it seems like it's been a minute since we've been on the air but uh it's a good thing we back on tonight <laughs> yes absolutely welcome to let's chat i'm miss lisa you know i got my right hand and sometimes my left the awesome and talented Miss Tony. We all in the chat room. It's about to go down. We got author Hakeem Stokes, authoress uh, Rosie or Rosie. You know, I'll be tearing the name up, so I'm going to make sure we clarify that. <laughs> and author and publisher Serenity Hall is going to be kicking it in, in the chat room with us tonight. Yeah, that's a great lineup, Miss. You know, Hakeem always starting some, some, some stuff. When he joins the ladies of Let's Chat, so I can't wait to see what he has. You know, he's stored up since the last time he's been on here with us on Let's Chat, so I know he's raring to go. And author publisher Serenity Hall. You know, I don't know if you guys caught the movie, the Felicia Blakely TV One Leash, I believe, but it was an awesome TV One. Yeah, when love kills. If y'all have mm-hmm. not caught that, y'all gotta make sure y'all get out there. Get on TV One and check that out. They're always playing it, so you can't miss it. But it's an awesome story um, just about um, Felicia Blakely's story. And, you know, it's only a portion of the story. So Serenity Hall has written her biography. um, And she also has another book uh, called Letters from Her Pimp which are letters that she received uh, from her pimp while she was incarcerated. And so Mm -hmm. it's awesome. I mean, I've had a chance to be able to um, talk to Felicia Blakely, and it's just 
her whole story is bigger than what we see. It really is. Mhm. Mhm. And we're hoping that we can get some time with her. Uh, you know, we just gotta go through the different channels. I'm sure we shall make it happen when we're able to do that. And we also have Arthur Rodney. They. I did. <laughs> I went through all the channels, and they said no because you know she has a triple life sentence, and because of her triple mm. life sentence. She can't do interviews. Wow. Well, you guys stay tuned and just listen to what Serenity Hall has to share. Make sure you pick up that book because, like Lisa said, it's so much more than what the movie portrayed. You know, you can only get so much into that time frame. And also pick up that additional add-on book, Letters from Her Pets. That's another one that I would love to to see. Hopefully, maybe they can bring that to – you know, fruition, but pick those up. I'm sure she'll be sharing all of that with us when she gets into the chat room. And we also have authoress Rosie or Rosie. You know, like Lisa said, we could tear her name up. <laughs> we could tear her name up. We have to clarify. But I want to, I just got this information just now, like through text. Um, Felicia mm-hmm. L. Hamilton has written a uh, piece in the Huffington Post on Felicia Blakely. Uh, it's called Too mm-hmm. Many Monsters in the Room, and it is live now. Make sure y'all head over to the Huffington Post and check that out. I have the links all over the place. I literally just got the text that it was live. Awesome. And if, if she so shout out to Felicia Hamilton for doing that piece. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a very powerful piece. I was able to. Um, read it before it came out. Very powerful. Very powerful. Mm-hmm. So make sure you follow us. And if it's on Alicia's page, I'll more than likely see it and share it. So make sure you're following the both of us on Twitter and Instagram. We try to keep you guys up to date and posted on what's going on. And not just the literary world, but um, just pretty much what we stand for here on Let's Chat. For those listeners that are always joining us um, that are new to our show, show, we always get into what we do, and we forgot that sometimes we do have new listeners tuning in, <laughs> but here on this chat, you know, we celebrate literature, and not just literature, we celebrate music, uh, the, the the publishing industry, how to get a book published from start to finish, Lisha and I have had various talented guests on this chat just sharing their knowledge on what it takes to get a really good book into the hands of the readers from start to finish. And we've also had musicians, publishers, artists, lawyers, actors, literally on the red carpet sharing their precious time with Lisa and I, and we so appreciate that. But we do it here on Let's Chat, no matter what the genre may be. And we do try to do it in a fun, intimate, and friendly environment, for you and Alicia and I as well to get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do because that passion comes through the airwaves and we can literally just sit here and feel it because you never know who who you may be touching. Someone may be going through the same thing and may want to take that same journey. So check out our archives. They are so rich with so much talent and knowledge. And um, as Alicia loves to say, and I try to get it because we know we have our, our parts here on Let's Chat, if you miss any of it, don't worry. No worries, as we said. <laughs> you can get it on any podcast. Go to blogtalk.com and anywhere 
Um, you have a device? Just check the ladies and let's chat out. I tried to improvise, Lisa, but you know you got that down pat. That's okay, see, that's okay. <laughs> yes, you can check us out on iTunes.com and any podcast app. Any podcast app will bring up our show. We are listed as a podcast. So shout out to everybody that, that supports us that listens to us, that streams us, that calls in. We appreciate you guys. You know, Let's Chat was just nominated for uh, a blog talk show of the year for the um, MVP uh, Publishing Awards, which are in Atlanta Mm -hmm. uh, this this October 21st, which is like the weekend after next, if I'm not mistaken. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're so excited. And and even – this nomination, I think, is more than just winning. Mm-hmm. You know, people watch you, and you don't even know you're being watched. You see what I'm saying? You know, okay. people have to have mm-hmm. nominated us. I just somebody told me, and I went on there to mm-hmm. vote for somebody else, and I'm like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> so people watch you when you don't even know you're being watched, and that's serious. And mm-hmm. we appreciate everybody that supports us. If you guys have not voted, make sure you head over. Click that link and vote for Let's Chat. I've been nominated for Promoter of the Year. Make sure you guys vote for us. We appreciate you guys. You know, when we started, we were on Real Raw Radio with Nene Capri and Aaron Bebo, and they taught us a lot, and we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started the clubhouse, and then we moved over and started doing our own show, and it's been, what, three, four years now, and T and I mm-hmm. – have had some fabulous guests on. We've met some awesome people and really a real, real blessing for us. It really has. And least on that ballot, when they go over to cast their vote, we are actually in the midst of some heavy hitters in those two categories. So we are so yes. blessed to be on that same platform. And uh, we just appreciate just the nomination. Like Lisa said, it's more than just winning. It's the recognition of all the hard work that we put into to trying to provide a very, very talented and quality show. So we just thank you guys from the bottom of our heart, and we are so humbled. Absolutely. And speaking of promotions, I wanted to make sure you guys know what's hot in the literary world. You have about that. We have Church Life uh, Part 2. So if you bought that Church Life and you've read Part 1, Part 2 is available by author Mm -hmm. Teresa B. Howe. Make sure you guys head over to Amazon, get your one click on. Shout out to Byron Carry his pre-order is up and running. Clouded Judgment Part Two will be available on the twentieth through, and that's Reese World Publishing, which is my publishing house. Um, so we're working, and there's always something hot in literature. As all you Honey Bee fans, she has a book getting ready to come out. I'll make sure that I post that. I do. If you follow me on Facebook or follow T on Facebook, we always try to share what. Other people are doing. We always try to support other people. Um, That's Mm -hmm. what we enjoy doing. We enjoy what we do. We love shedding light on on others who are moving their feet and trying to um, bring their dreams to fruition. You know what I'm saying? And we love that. And Mm -hmm. so we are always Mm -hmm. sharing events. We're always sharing other people's uh, releases. Anything that's coming out, uh, shout out to you, Trappers. You got 
Pushy Trap 5. That's coming, I believe it was the end of October. That's coming mm-hmm. soon. If you are looking for events to go to, there are events coming up. If you're in the Atlanta area, there is the A3C Mixer, which is for literary professionals. It's Saturday, October the 7th, 3 to 5 p.m. at Atlantis mm-hmm. Restaurant and Lounge. Um, and that's in Atlanta, Georgia. It's free with the RSVP. And you just go over to aanbcawards.com forward slash events.html to RSVP for that event. There's also um, the MVP, First Annual Literary Music, Television, and Film Awards Weekend. Yes, it is Awards Weekend. Shout out to Monique Hall. She'll be in our in the chat room on next Thursday to talk about her awards. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be something popping off and jumping off all three days. Make sure you guys head over and pick up and uh, make sure you one click and go into some of these different events they're going to have. T and I are going to be on a a panel, so we're excited about that. They're going to have Mm -hmm. um, a Vendors there They're having a brunch I mean she's going all out They're having the awards ceremony Which is a formal um, Dinner and awards ceremony It's going to be entertainment It's going to be off the chain So y'all make sure y'all come out And kick it With the uh, literary royalty On that weekend Also if you are available This Friday October the 6th um, 8th 3C Festival is the Hip Hop in Books Literary Creative Speak Literary Creative Speakout. Um, some heavy hitters will be there. It's going to be at the Research Library in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you guys head over here for that. Wahida Clark is going to be in the house. Jaquavis Coleman is going to be in the house. Tamika Newhouse, Miss Shan. Jay Barnett, Booker T. Madison, fabulous authors are going to be in. Make sure you mix and mingle with them. Go out and support them. Um, I'll make sure I drop the link on my page. It should already be there, but, you know, I'm always posting something, so I make sure that I repost it so you guys can go and check that out if you are in the area. He wrote a 
children's book called Theo the Hero, and it will be entering the New York School District this year. So we are proud to be able to say congratulations. If you want to check out this interview, check out our archives. It was a fabulous, fabulous interview, but we're excited for him. Um, He -hmm. went from the NBA. He's done so much since he's retired, and now his children's book is going to be able to be um, distributed through the New York school system, which is a big thing. Yes, it really is. Congrats to him. And make sure you check out those archives because, uh, like Lisa said, he's a former NBA player. And for those that follow us, chat, y'all know I love me some sports, so I had a great time <laughs> interviewing him. <laughs> but check him out. Absolutely. And we got to yes, have, have a good time. I let T have a good time. <laughs> yes, I let T have a good time because, you know, that's her sports thing. Make sure y'all check her out on the scoreboard Tuesday night. But sports is her thing. I knew she was excited to have him on, and she was like, sorry, Alicia. I'm like, go ahead and do your thing. And she had such a good time, and he had a good time. And so that was an awesome show. Make sure y'all check that out. We're going to take a brief break, and we're going to be right back. This your boy, Yo Gotti. Catch up to my muscle, bitch, I'm living. Yo, God, it told me he got work. I said, OG, let's get it. They do my dirt with no co-defendant. I know they snitching. 30 years, wheels, but he broke. That boy got no ambition. I was 16, triple beam, leaning on him. No, the street couldn't hold me. They triple teaming on me. I remember telling Frank, boy, I want a bed. Now I'm shopping with my bitch. All she want is Chanel. Went to sleep, count sheep. I woke up counting money. If it's right for the price, tell him I can run it. Remember, I ain't have a pot to piss in. Started whipping, whipping, whipping. Now look how I'm living. Hey, chili in it, big got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker flocker got that flame on. Just me jugging with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live it like for real. I really do this shit for real. A hundred twenty carries, don't get yourself embarrassed. But I paid for the cross, I could have bought a navy. Four thousand thirty-two grams, they want. Home damage chain, that's what I paid for just one. When I was young, they labeled you for a damn fool. Twenty-two's enough on my Benz truck and my old school. You get the picture, the money, it ain't the issue. Six figures before the rap game, now I'm a little richer. Homie, still a real nigga yeah. And I do real shit Make West fuck around with start shifting my whole freak huh. Down the spring feel Nigga, get it how you live Real recognized women Don't pay the fucking bill Broke niggas on chill Got it on them things In the fast lane Burning brain Bumping Jake and I live I represent no Memphis motherfucker And this is how I live Motherfucker, this your boy You got it Tell me anything Got all my chains on 
Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker blocker got that flame on. Just be chugging with my rich home. Hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real. I really do this shit for real. This I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. Alright, alright, alright! Yeah! Yes, we are back, we are back. Welcome to Last Chat. If you're just tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Leisha. You know, I got my right hand and sometimes my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We get in here talking about second chances. We got our first guest, author is Rosie. I want to say Rosie. But it could be Rosie. We're going to make sure, T, because you know, everybody know we can tear a name up. We can tear it up. So we're going to clarify so that we're saying this properly. we got to protect her brand, make sure that we're branding her right. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thank you. How are you? We're good. Thanks for joining us. And you said it correct the first time. It's Rosie. <laughs> Rosie. Oh, okay. See, okay, Rosie. We are happy that you are here. Thank you for supporting us. We want everybody want you to shout out a little bit about yourself and your work uh, for all of those that are not familiar with your pen. Um, author is Rozzy. I wrote a book, Tangled Deceit. Um, you want to know about me, like personally about me? Um, I live in Harris. I live in Pennsylvania. Um, a little small town. The book is like based out of that hometown. Um, I live there with my husband and my children and my four dogs. Four dogs. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I have four dogs. And so what was going what was going on in your world where you decided to sit down and write this book? What was that point where you said, I'm gonna go ahead on and do this? Um The book actually started off as um, just a joke, actually. Um, I had a friend at the time who was in prison, and I'm like, I want to write a book. And they're like, yeah, okay. So collectively we started collaborating stuff and putting it together. And it came out and we turned it into something different. Well, I turned it into something different. Um, I kind of just... Went with some of the ideas, but not all of the ideas, and I kind of just went from there. And that's how the book actually came about. Mm-hmm. So when, okay. title, okay. when it first came out, it was under a different title. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So tell us about the new title and what made you change the title. And what was the process in creating that the new title? And um, why did you feel that it needed to be changed? Well, the new, the first title was Deceived and Betrayed. This, this title I thought about because everybody in the story, if you read it, is tangled up into some type of deceit. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like a tangled web, something like that. And I was like, no, tangled deceit is what would get it because everybody is just, like I said, tangled 
in some type of deceit, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. It's all centered around mm-hmm. one main okay. character, but all the deceit is around her. She's kind of like stuck in the middle. She's like a like stuck in a spider's web, tangled in his stuff. So she's kind of tangled in all the deceit that's around her. Okay. All right. So okay. that is the tangled deceit. Yes. And tell us a little okay. bit about the characters, um, the main characters in the book. The and main the way you structured it is Brielle. Um, Brielle is the one that's being deceived throughout the book. Um, she married her high school sweetheart, Kareem, who was a football player, but he had a, a, a sexual addiction. And so his sexual addiction caused him to end up going to jail. And he ended up, while in prison, he went to school. They kind of gave him a chance, so it was more or less like go to this rehabilitation program and go to college will wipe out all your your charges that you have. So that was kind of like the break that he got. And so they got married, but Brielle had her own beauty salon. So it was pretty much like they've been together. She was with him throughout his whole entire sexual addiction, throughout him going to jail, and he deceives her with another character in the story. Oh, talk yeah. about drama. <laughs> yeah, it's drama. Right. But isn't that drama that women us as women seem to repeat on a regular basis. I think it's because we mix love and need. I think we get those two things confused. I think because people need us, it makes us feel a certain way, and we take that feeling to mean love. But at the same time, just because somebody needs you does not mean they want you. You see what I'm right. saying? They need exactly. you, but once that need is over, once they healed from whatever the pain is or whatever the circumstances are that they healed from, are they still going to want you? And I think as women, we don't pay attention to that. What do you think about that? Well, that's actually true. I think that's how I actually perceived it um, in the story with um, with Brielle because she's needed. She Kareem needed her. And at the time that she's, you know, going through some stuff and she's she's getting betrayed by a bunch of people, nobody's there for her. And it's kind of like she loves Kareem. She's doing everything for him, and she's blinded by everything that he does. And it's like he doesn't really know. He likes the idea of being in love. He throws the word love around a lot loosely, but he really doesn't love her. So it's like us as women, the way she was made in the story – was to be like, okay, I'm tolerating this. I'm dealing with this, but I can do better than this. Like, I don't need to sit back and deal with what's going on with him. So she finally decides to walk away, but it takes a lot. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of things that has to happen. And I think that's how we are in our everyday life as women. We take but so much, and then it's like, we just kind of keep blinders on. We know that stuff is happening. We can see things happening, but we want, to, but we love so hard that it's like the blinders just end up becoming um, over overwhelming to us. So we kind of like don't mm-hmm. see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. Mm. Okay, this is Tony. We try to differentiate ourselves because we've been told we sound so much like. But um, in addition to the drama that uh, tangled deceit entails, it sounds like you had to do some research for the sexual addiction. How challenging was that it, to, to make it come off as real to your readers? Um, I just really basically, I didn't really do I kind of just sat there and went through and talked about addiction itself because it's not – I don't believe anybody has a sexual addiction. That's the one thing I don't believe. People just do it because they want to do it. So I kind of had to go in and research, like, what is actually sexual addiction? Is that something that's actually happened? Can you actually have it? And it's like, yes, he was addicted He's addicted to sex. He's addicted to liking to have sex. But is that something that really is real? So I had to actually go through and research that and put a lot of time into thinking about does he really, you know, is does he really have a sexual addiction or is it just in his mind? Or is he just using the fact that he likes to have sex as saying, I have a sexual addiction? So that's what I had to research. But do you think that sometimes... Um, because it can it can be men or women that can have a sexual addiction, but you know, with every addiction, there's always something underlining, um, which is fueling that addiction. And so, could it be his lack of either feeling an emotional connection or feeling, um, you know, wanted opposed to needing, like him missing something, like from way back that he never took care of. Well, that's gonna good. You you touched on that. That's gonna actually come out. I did. I am in the process of writing a book too to this story because there is gonna be a part two, and so in part two, it's gonna touch on Kareem's addiction. Like he's gonna go into why the addiction happened, what was going on, like because he's trying to fight to win his wife back. So it's like in order for him to win his wife back. He's got to come true about everything that's happened in order to get his wife back or even to get his life back. So that's all going to now, come right. out in the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Now, Rosie, this is Tony because, uh, you know, this, this is interesting, and I'm really curious as to how your readers have perceived uh, the notion that um, I'm not sure if you make it come over through your story as, Sexual addiction is not real addiction because I think I beg to differ that there's many out there that that would, you know, put an argument on the table for that. How has that conception that sexual addiction is just in your head come off? Has any of it rolled over into the reviews you've received? Um, no, it actually didn't come from the reviews I received. I actually got pretty decent reviews as far as like the book being. Um, pretty decent i just think Mm -hmm. any type there's certain types of addictions that you know are really real addictions i'm not saying that sexual addiction isn't real and it can't happen but Uh for the sake of the story and what's happening around the story and for the sake of me doing it for my character he doesn't really have a sexual addiction he's addicted to sex he likes to have sex but it's not really an addiction that he has. It's just that he likes to have sex, pretty much. It's how it's kind of like 
it's kind of like co-inflicting because it's kind of like, okay, he could be perceived as having a sex addiction or he could be perceived as just somebody that just likes to have sex. So, because he, he has multiple sex in the story with two people, with his wife and another person. Oh, okay. So, so it's not it truly saying that, that it doesn't that he's, exactly. Oh, go ahead, T. Well, I'm thinking no, okay. because there has to be, a, I'm looking for the underlining. And if it's between two people, um, mm-hmm. is it more so of an emotional type connection like that he has with the mistress or the sidekick? Well, there's the thing with the side chick. Without is, telling the story, is pretty complicated because yes, there is. There's more than just an emotional attachment. I mean, this part's gonna come out anyway. I mean, there's a baby involved with the side chick, so there's more just an emotional attachment with her because that's thing. That's something that he doesn't have with his wife, but. Mm-hmm. It's just, but yeah, there's the emotional attachment, there's the kid, there's, like, I mean, he genuinely do, does love both of these women. It's just, he's kind of trying to figure out how to love them both equally. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Everybody knows you can't love two people equally. Somebody's going <laughs> to get loved more than the other. Exactly. Especially a wife and a subject. <laughs> yeah, well... It's a lot going but you on. know what? Some of these dudes, and don't be sending me no emails for what I'm about to say or inboxes either. Some of these dudes be letting the side chick feel like she got a position and a place, and she doesn't. Right. And because they make her feel like she has a little bit of power or something uh, over the wife, she's going to exercise that because she feels like I'm the main chick. And really, right. you're not. You are the side chick, and your position is on the side. The wife comes first and before you always, even if you have a baby with them. The thing with the baby is the baby comes first. And that because the baby's not with his wife, that brings that controversy. I like how you threw the baby in there. Yeah, I mean, the story has a lot of twists. I mean, there's a lot of bombs that's dropped, like, right in the middle of the story. I kind of, like, breeze everybody into it because in the beginning it talks about, like, their house, the love, all the little things that she has with him. And then in the middle of the story it kind of breezes in and it drops several different bombs. So when the bombs are dropped, you're looking at it like, whoa, those are some hefty bombs that was just dropped. But I had to drop Mm. the bombs in order for people to be like, because it's more to just the side chick than meets the eye. Mm. And the side chick Uh. plays a significant part to the main character's life. So it's kind of like a twist. That's why I said she's tangled up. Oh, she a relative. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she is a relative. A close relative. Just go me. Just go Right. She's a close relative, but she's like an un. She knows that she's a relative. The main character doesn't know that she's a relative, and when the main character kind of finds out, it's kind of like, uh, she kind of lost. But 
there's it's a bunch of stuff that happens. So the mom kind of plays. I feel like my main character's mom plays the biggest part in all of it because she knew about all this and she could have avoided. She could have avoided everything that happened. I mean, there's a fight that happens between the, mama the main character. Right, there's a fight that happens. <laughs> the mama in the dirt. Right, the mama has all the dirt. The mama had the dirt, but she didn't have, like, she only had the dirt about the side chick being a relative. She didn't really know anything else about the husband cheating with the side chick, but it's just some crazy, sick, twisted stuff. And so when you oh. kind of read it, you're like, what? Like, you you would be like, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. It's like all these I didn't see that comments that you're like, wait, I need I need like another part of the story because I need to know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Well, we like twisted stories, and uh, those are some of the bombs that you're talking about, um, authors Rodney. Now tell us which character you got the most joy, or which bomb you got the most joy out of writing. <laughs> <laughs> Which character that I get the most joy in writing? I actually got a lot of joy in writing the side chick's part. Only oh. because she played, like, this significant <laughs> part, and it was like, okay, she's grimy, she's crazy, she's downright dislike. And it's like, she's one of those people that you definitely hate. So I made her a hated character in the story. Mm-hmm. And there's things that happen to her that people are like, she gets what she deserves. And it's like, no, you're supposed to feel sorry for her because at the end of the day, she's still a woman. And so you can't oh. be like, she got what she deserves. I mean, yes, in a roundabout way, every woman would feel that way because of how the situation happened and what happened. But it's like, at least feel a little sorry for her. In the story, give her some. So her bombs was a little bit tougher to drop because it was like, okay, now I have to drop this bomb. Now I have to drop that bomb. And they're not just relatives; they're business partners. So they have a business together. So it's mm-hmm. like they're running this business that they have to see each other. They're, you know. So it's like, how can you see this person on an everyday basis, knowing that this person has? Let with your husband Had a baby to him And You can't even look at that person We're not supposed to be your best friend But she Mm -hmm. just ain't only your best friend no more And she's the only one that knows it So her part was a little bit easier to write Because it's like hmm, Let's see how I can put this girl Into perspective And Mm -hmm. I did it from A side chick's perspective And a main chick's perspective My mom was a side chick to my dad. And so it's kind of like I'm an outside kid. So for me to write the story was kind of like, okay, let me put this into all kinds of ways. Like let me pop in the bomb that I dropped was like, hello, this is me. This is the bomb you're going to drop in the middle of everything. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up, Arthur Zaza, because our listeners are listening to the show and they want to know how much of life is imitating your art in this story. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of my life is, is imitated in this story. I mean, there's a lot of things that um, it's touched on. There's not brief, there's briefly a little bit of abuse that won't be touched on until like 
um, there's a part where, like, um, Kareem gets angry with Brielle, um, and he, he hits her and stuff like that. I went through abuse for eight years. So I kind of touched wow. on it, not all the way, but I put it in there enough because I put the him abusing her to cover up his own discrepancies. So he's kind of like mm-hmm. faulting her because she's just asking him questions, and he's like, you get on my nerves, I'm asking these questions. So he gets so angry that she keeps mm-hmm. talking to him that he lashes out at her. And she's like, you said you wasn't ever going to do that no more. And so he walks away. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of getting people to feel like, wait a minute, how is it that he's upset with her, but he's only upset because he can't tell her about what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So this story has different tentacles that people can just kind of relate to right. in their everyday life and what to look forward to. Right. Because I did, um, I did some abuse. There's some like, like I said, the betrayal is is really the worst because it's like you have, how are you being betrayed and deceived by your mother? your coworker, your husband, like how are you going to hand, how do you handle all of that? And so mm-hmm. the back of the, when I did the synopsis, I basically just talked about how they were a power couple on a rise. And they went from, you know, they have the luxury cars, the fancy houses, professional careers. They have what, like I said, can make them a power couple on a rise. But between abuse, lies, and everything, it's like, could they, are they going to be able to stand together? Or are they going to be tore apart by their jaded past? Because both of them have mm-hmm. past that's coming back to haunt them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, before we wrap up our interview, um, authors, Robbie, I just want to know how different from this story was, is it from the original story that you collaborated with your friend? Is it a big difference in the direction that the story took? It's Yeah, it was a big difference. I mean, some of the things okay. stayed the same. Like, the sex scenes, I didn't take out. The sex scenes are, like, whoo, the bomb. I only, so there's, okay. like, two now, sex scenes I, that I'm they a, I'm wrote. There's two right sex there. scenes that I wrote. That I wrote. Okay. The I'm last sex right scene. <laughs> now, is your friend a male or a female? The person that helped, he was a male. Okay. Because Leisha and I always ask on this show, who writes the better sex scenes, the male or the female? Now, the ones that stayed, was it written by you or him? Um, Both. Okay. But I think in all actuality, we both kind of write, we write the same because we were both thinking the same things. The last, now, this is the kicker. He wrote the last sex scene in the story, and you wouldn't you would be surprised that a man would write the last sex scene in a story because it's an unusual type of thing that probably would never happen in real life and I'm only gonna say it deals with a woman dominating the man, like you know how in Fifty Shades, Christian Gray kind of dominated. Anastasia, well, in this story, Brielle was kind of dominating this guy, and she does all kinds of stuff to him that you would think that would be like, wait, what? But it's different. 
difference. Uh-huh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Say this too. I'm saying don't send me no emails or inboxes, but um, <laughs> you know we always have Peter Mac on, and I'm not saying. I'm gonna say this. Most men in jail are. Um, mm, they are that alpha male. Mm-hmm. But, and not just men in jail, men on Wall Street, doctors, lawyers, anybody that's used to be having control and power. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At the same time, they like to be controlled. Right. I'm just going to say it. I think they. I think they need to be controlled. I think that everybody that has a controlling spirit has a desire for somebody to control them because they get tired of being in control all the time. Yeah, I right. said it. <laughs> that, now, you know what, and I, I absolutely agree with you. I really honestly do believe that that's true. Men secretly, I think, because they'll never deny it in public and they'll never say this, but I think men secretly do like to be controlled at some point. It's like they like for you to take control of situations and circumstances. And some of them even like you to take control in the bedroom. They're like, yo, do what you want to do. Like, you in control. And it's like, they like that. But they'll never admit it because they're like, no, we're not going to admit that they want to be, <laughs> that they like to be in control. But I think it's sometimes they like for us as women to take control of situations, whether it be like the house, the, you know, the house we live in, the finances, the things with the kids. Even in the bedroom, as far as sex is concerned, there's a lot of things that men are open to or even that they just don't discuss, period. Mm-hmm. So. And I think that's why I didn't get sidetracked because that, that's a whole other world to them where they don't have to deal with the pressures and the struggles of actually being a man. Not that they're not a man at that time, but a provider. You got to be the protector. You got to be this. You got to be that. Besides, you don't have to do those things. You don't have right. to, you know, make sure the bills are paid and make sure the kid, unless you have kids with them. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's more like a, a relief. I don't know. We don't have to get people on here that's that side chick mad, though. <laughs> that should be like no. the next show, Side Chick Chronicles. Yeah, that might be my next story. That just might be my next okay. my next book, Side Chick Chronicles. So I have, and maybe I'll talk to a bunch of people who were side chicks at one point, and maybe have became main chicks, and be like, when you were the side chick, what perks did you get by staying as a side chick? Oh. That's a whole other story. You want to know. Yeah, that's what I said. You can make it Side Chick Chronicles because you want to know what perks do they get as being a side chick. You ain't just being – if you're staying in a relationship – like with, with with my story, you know, she stayed a side chick for a really long time. But part of it was because she was supposed to be the main chick because he promised her a bunch of stuff, and then – he didn't live up to his promises, so then she then became the side chick. So for her, it's like, how is it that I allowed certain things to happen and became the side chick? Mm-hmm. That's what hurt her the mm-hmm. most. So they have, like, this intimate conversation where she talks mm-hmm. to him. And 
she's pouring her heart out and letting him know, like, these are the things that hurt me that you did. Mm. And just for those mm-hmm. reasons alone, I refuse to be with you. She has to give mm. her chick status at that point. Mm. But realizing mm. all of that is only after a certain situation happens to her and then after the business starts falling apart and their friend and the friendship starts falling apart is then she's realizing that my sleeping with my best friend's husband has now caused a domino effect. So she realizes well, we got, that. Um, mm-hmm. well, we're gonna have Am- to have you back it's on, on Amazon for ninety nine cents. So you guys so just for people that's listening, you, you're able to go purchase it on Amazon for ninety nine cent for your ebook, your Kindle, whatever you have. Um, and please, when you read it, leave a review. I don't care, you know, whatever the review is. I look at the reviews and take them as um, critiques because mm-hmm. people can give you good reviews, people can give you bad reviews. But I take each review as a way of saying, okay, these are things that I can do good. These are things that I can do better. Because I don't look at any review as ever being bad because here's the thing. You wouldn't know what you're doing wrong if doesn't know what, if nobody tells you. And if you're taking it, and in this business as being a writer, you have to have tough skin because not everybody is going to like what you write. Not everybody is going gonna, is gonna to agree with it. But you, you have to keep pushing and keep moving on because somebody is going to there's going to be some people out there that's going to agree with your story. You know, I have mm-hmm. two one-five star. I have three reviews. I have one five-star and two four-star reviews. This is good for my first mm-hmm. book. It's not a lot of reviews as I would like it to be, but mm-hmm. for my first book and it just coming out like a month ago, that's pretty good, I think. And the more people that can read it, the more people that can review it, the more people that can talk about it is how it gets out. Word of mouth is what makes you better, not, you know, because it can either make you or it can break you. So if You're absolutely right. right. Absolutely right. But please shout out your, oh, your social, social media handles yes. so our listeners can follow you and, and stay up to par on what you're doing. Um, I can be on, I am on Facebook as author is Rozzy. Um, You can find me on there. Um, you can also find me on Instagram as author is Rozzy, and I am on Twitter as Ronigjan35 and Rozzy Roz73. Okay. And you can also. Absolutely. And the title of the book is Tangled Deceit. It's a pink and purple cover. It's beautiful. Covers nice. I'm like but, you. I was listening when you were talking about covers. I think the covers is what makes the book pop. I, if you look at the cover, I like to read the front cover and the back. If I look at the cover and I, I look at, and it doesn't look appealing, I'm not reading the book. I hear that. Hey, <laughs> never book 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 you're never supposed to do a book bougie show. We're going to do a book bougie show. I'll make sure we got you on that show because we're going to yes, do a book do bougie that. show because everybody knows I am book bougie. I'm cover bougie. It's got to be clean. It's got to be crisp. If it's a series, it's got to fall in line. It can't be all over the place because then it's going to turn me off from the story. But that's just me. <laughs> well, we I appreciate know that's me you, Rosie, coming to kick it with like, us. 
No, yes. that's me also because I'm bougie. I'm looking at the cover because, like I said, I mean, you're never really supposed to judge a book by its cover. But if I look at the cover and I'm like, mm-hmm. Yo, I, don't even, I don't even think I would read this story. It don't look right. Then it's like, right. and the, the book may be excellent. I mean, it could be an excellent book, but just based off the cover alone is a book that I just won't read. I don't like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to read the covers. But my cover mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to do a book and bougie show. We're going to do a book and bougie show, probably top of 2018. I'll make sure I have you on that show so we can talk about being book and bougie. Uh, But we appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. Thank you for sharing your time, sharing your story, uh, and your passion for why it is that you do what you do. We appreciate you here on Let's Chat, and you are always welcome back. Thank you. Thank you you for having me. You're welcome. You have are more than evening. welcome. You guys have a good evening, too. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, welcome to Last Chat. If you're just tuning in, that was a fabulous authoress, Rosie. She was coming to kick in with us with us here in the chat room. If you missed her interview, no worries. Just go back and hit our archives up. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with the fabulous Hakeem Stokes. Peace. Man, peace and blessings. How y'all ladies doing tonight? 
Hey, Mr. Stokes, don't you come on here with your little smooth talk. You know you got to get into the mix with the ladies. Right. Welcome. Right. I mean, how far, how far right, in the I'll mix do you sure. want me to be? We want you all mixed up. We want you all up in the mix. Okay. You want me all way in the mix? All in the mix. No problem. That's right. No problem. If you can't be all in the mix, hey, you know what I'm saying? You got to be all in the mix. But can you handle all of the mix? (laughs) That's the thing, though. You got to be able to handle it. That's why we got you here. We can't. Hey, you wouldn't be here if we couldn't handle it. (laughs) Uh, I had one of y'all doing a lot of giggling. I don't know. Ain't nothing wrong okay. with a little giggle here and there. Giggle in the selfie. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, Mr. Stokes, you got a lot right. going on. You got a lot going on. Tell us about, uh, you got an event coming up, books dropping. Mm-hmm. Tell us what's going on in your world. Oh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Hakeem Stokes, author out of South Philadelphia. Um I actually have an event that's coming up November the 11th, 2017, which is like approximately a month from now. Um, mm-hmm. It's myself, and it's basically just an, uh, a collective uh, book signing of me and three of my closest uh, other friends. And that would be uh, author DJ, the uh, literary teddy bear, and uh, my man Jay Summers from out of uh, South Carolina. And I also have a surprise guest because I had to switch around some folks. So I have a surprise guest that I'm going to have come on, and I'm going to leave that under wraps. If you come to the event, you'll see who the surprise guest is. It's a big deal, so I'm happy that I was able to uh, have that gentleman on. But uh, we're going to be rendering all our work, you know, and, and everyone knows me as the uh, the sexy erotic poet. You know, I try to mm-hmm. leave those those sheets sticky, you know, so you oh. can lay in the wet spot and enjoy the work, lay in that afterglow. You know? Oh, so, excuse me. Yeah, so what I'm going to right. be doing is uh, doing some, some... All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what we're going to be doing is, uh, you know, you come in, you get your wine, you get your hors d'oeuvres, you loosen up. You know, you feel all good, and you do the giggly thing that you ladies were just doing, and then, you know, you listen to us render our bios, and and uh, we give you what our uh, – we might read a chapter out of our uh, favorite books, and then, you know, we uh, take a Q&A, and then uh, we do the book signing. You can get up close and personal, take pictures, take flicks, you know, selfies, whatever you want to do. You know, it might be clothes on, clothes off. Whatever, you know, it just depends on what the authors want to do. You know, it depends on uh, how many books you buy. It depends on how sexy you are. That's you, know, you, never like know. you never know what might happen. I'm just playing. <laughs> you never know what might happen. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But I just got a question <laughs> again, serious, because women, <laughs> women dominate uh, the literary world. Do you think there is a lack of male presence as far as authors, um, like being out there and book signings and book tours, do you think that there's a lack of that kind of presence? Um, absolutely not. Um, there's a lot. I mean, I, I believe women have a lot more to say than men, obviously. You know, we're not uh, talkative. 
you know, we're thinkers and we're we're more reserved than women. And that's an awesome thing. You know, women are very expressive. Women are, you know, their action, their verbs, you know, and living form. So I don't think it's a big thing. I I believe the brothers that are authors, the ones that are in the uh, literary world, are the brave ones that stepped out and said, hey, I'm here, I have a voice, and I want to be heard, and I want to let you know what I'm trying to tell you. I'm going to let you know that I have something to say, and you're going to hear it. You're going to listen. You're going to learn. You're going to love it. Hmm. Now, Hanky, this is Tony, and, and, and listen brings up a and you also bring up an, a good point as well by the brothers being more reserved, but wouldn't, but isn't that kind of feeding into what Leisha is saying as far as the women dominating the industry because the lack of, presence, of the reservedness, yeah. right? That kind Do of they dominate? It. Well, it depends on the. Uh, I mean, you, are you talking numbers or are you talking material? I mean, just because it's a lot of Both. women authors, it doesn't mean all of them are like knocking it out the park as far as uh, books go, you know. So you gotta you gotta look at are you talking about quantity or quality? Well, we always look I'm at quality about here both. on that chat. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't give me just no quantity because I can't. If you can't get me past the fifth page, I'm gonna put it down. And uh, well, dope. But I mean, as far as males just in the industry. Right. We we see book signings here and there. Right. Um whether it's Eric Jerome Dickey or you know, he's always mm-hmm. doing the book signing, but there are a lot of male right. authors and we tend not to see them as much as we see female authors, that's all I'm saying. Um and the fact right. that you have basically a male a male book tour or a male book mm-hmm. event, um right. that's a good thing because we don't see that a lot. And that's why we did it. We, uh, you know, because we all, well, we became friends on on the circuit. We kept bumping into each other and at different uh, book events, book festivals and whatnot. And at this last one, actually, it was at the uh, 556 Book Chicks, the, uh, what was that, the uh, Kickback. We just Kickback. got mm-hmm. together and was like, yeah, wow, you know, why don't we do something together? Why don't we do something as a collective? So uh, since, you know, we was brainstorming and everything, we said, okay, well, let's do it in Philly first, since I, I think I was the most uh, the most hype about it, <laughs> to tell the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, so they said, okay, well, you, you set it up in Philly first. We'll go to Philly. And then, like I said, one's from, you know, uh, Jay Summers, an awesome, uh, awesome author is from a, South Carolina, so we're going to go there, and uh, yeah. author uh, DJ is from Atlanta, so we'll be there, and the other mm-hmm. author, uh, the city that he's from, we're going to be there, so we're going to be hitting at least four <laughs> cities between now and March, you know, so. He just ain't going to tell us to it. <laughs> nah, you, you, love, you gotta, love, ain't getting up to a fuck out of here. <laughs> Nah, nah, I baby, you know what I mean? But, I mean, if you, you come to the event, you'll find out who it is, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. You'll be like, oh, wow, you know, but uh, it's invitation only. So uh, after the show, I'll talk to you ladies and make sure that y'all get all the information and get y'all invites. Okay. That's awesome. Okay, now, y'all, it's invitation only. Invitation well, have- only. Now, Lee. Lee, you got you two got me really on this this men women 
um, domination, and I use that word loosely, Hakeem, with you and mm-hmm. on the show. But I just looked right. up the New York Times top-selling authors, and I think it just differs from genre to genre as far as okay. the male-female domination. Because outside of urban, which is what I love to read, um, there's different genres. And at the top of that list are the first five or six are actually men, but it's not right. in the genre that I read. So it's a exactly. big part in which genre that you write in. How do you feel true about indeed. that? Uh, I, I believe that to be true, and, and that's the other thing. You have to broaden your horizons if you just read urban fiction. I mean, you, you're free to do whatever you want to do. If that's what you like, if you just want to stay in mm-hmm. that type of bubble, then that's awesome, but there's so many other genres. It's like music, you know, there's not just uh, it's not just rap. There's like so many, you know, it's a wider range of music out there, and that's just food. I mean, it's not, when, you, when you're doing one thing or when there's something out, there's more than just one genre. There's more than just one thing. There's more than just one author. It's more than just, you know, one singer. Like, you have to broaden your horizons. You have to expand so you can grow. I mean, that's why a lot of people stay stagnant. Well, just for the record, I do broaden my horizon. It's just that what I love and what I read are two totally different things. Like, four of the top five authors, I have read their material. So it's not just lit or urban that you want to um, categorize me in, but you're absolutely right. You do have to broaden your horizons, and you have to be open to it. But I just didn't want you to paint me in that little bubble that you no, have I'm so not painting, I'm conveniently not painting you. said. I'm not, put, I'm not putting you perfect. or anybody. No, I'm not putting you or anybody in that bubble, darling. What I'm saying is just for the average person, if all you read or all you listen to or all you eat is one thing, then, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, fried chicken. You know how many different you know, I mean, styles of chicken mm-hmm. there is out there. Like you have to, True. you know, experience different things to have mm-hmm. more of a perspective. So that's that's yeah, all. Absolutely. And I, I can see that. I was talking to Tamika Newhouse. Shout out to Tamika Newhouse and uh, a couple of weeks ago. And she talked about um, authors using the word author and how it was limiting, limiting them as far as their growth because they're more than authors, right. they're artists. And true, so, true indeed. The way you threw it out there, I can see that um, when you just read one thing, you're kind of limiting yourself to that one box. Um, and, you know, True. I've always said, everybody who listens to the show knows that I feel like books is like walking into 31 flavors. You don't know what you Indeed. like until somebody introduces it to you. And so, right. or you or you go into the store and something, you know, craving, it's like, well, let me taste this. Okay, well, I like the way this mm-hmm. looks. Let me taste this. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me taste okay. this. And that's how you know that you like different time, types of reading. Um, because a lot of people say, I don't like to read. And it's not that they don't like to read. They haven't been introduced to the right pen. You see what right. I'm saying? Because there are some right. boring pens out there. There's some boring right. mainstream pens um, that True people indeed. read on a regular basis. <laughs> True indeed. Can you talk a little I mean, bit about it's, it's, that, about uh, the 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 flavor of a pen and how it affects the reader? Well, you have to do. You have to uh, depend on what your focus group is. You know, some folks mm-hmm. just wanna they wanna write to 
you know, I guess the uh, the thugs in the audience or what have you, or some folks want to write want to write to the bougie in the audience, some want to write to the educated in the audience, some want to write to the, you know, I guess the illiterate in the audience. I mean, it it depends on what your your group is. You know, when you do case studies on on different topics or what have you, and you you come to the resolution like, okay, I like writing this. I have a I studied, you know, that, uh, okay, I did the research that there's an X amount of folks that enjoy that, so I'm just going to stay in that lane. And then, you know, you get the folks uh-huh. like myself, I write about whatever. You know, I write about joy, pain, I write about, you know, thug life, I write about, you know, uh, academia. Like, you know, I, I write about relevance, I write about spirituality, I write about consciousness, I write, you know, it's multiplicity, it's not just, you know, because that's, to me, that's life. Like, the way I live is exactly that. You know, I'm I'm like, I'm um pretty eclectic as far as my, my lifestyle. You know, I'm, I'm eclectic. I have eclectic translate that into my writing. So I don't write about just one thing. Uh, I remember I was on your show before, and I said, I, I'm, I'm from the hood, but I don't just do hood things. I don't just write for the hood. I write for everyone mm-hmm. because, you know, Myself, I got, I wasn't just in the hood. Like, I was everywhere. You know, I was exposed right. to a lot of different, uh, you know, places and things. So I like to uh, express that in my writing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And But like I said, it's to each his own. That's why there's so many writers out there or authors or artists or whatever you want to call them, literary men and women, like whatever you want to whatever topic or title you want to put on them, you know, it, it, it's okay. And and it's okay to just like, you know, like Tony says, she liked to stay in that bubble. That's awesome. Whatever you do, you do it to death. Like, enjoy it. Live it. It's your life. Everybody is an individual. And you shouldn't be, you know, uh, painted into a box or you shouldn't be like, uh, oh, well, you know, my thing is don't be bullied. You know, don't 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 just stay with a certain mm-hmm. genre because it's hip and cool and everybody is doing it or whatever. If you want to read whatever, read it. If you want to read, you know, something of social conscious, read it. If you want to read something that's just so nasty and disgusting, read that. It's all forms of art. Art is whatever you deem it to be. That's the wonderful thing about art. Absolutely. And writing is a form of art. So, you know, the paintings, you know, they're painting on canvas. We're painting inside your mind. Writers paint inside your mind. Absolutely. We, we use your imagination as our canvas to express ourselves. Absolutely. So, you know, everybody but has talent, you know. Um, just, to, just to go back, because I don't think she was saying that she reads in a bubble, but there is a difference mm-hmm. between – what you read and the things that you love to read. There are, and and I think that comes Mm -hmm. from the flavor of the author's pen because you can read different genres. You can read different books, but unless that author, the passion flows through their pen and you can feel it, you find yourself enjoying uh, street lit books or romance books. Those are the books that you love because you can feel 
that author's pen. You might read horror, you might, you know, read this and that, but you can't feel their pen. I actually read her boss's book, and I don't read books. I don't read political type books, but I could feel what he was saying, the things that he was sharing in that book. And I was like, oh, I think I might have books like this. It just depends on who's writing it and who's bringing it to you. Indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. And like my writing, I read everything because, you know, it's like I said, in music and food, like I, you know, I I, I uh, listen to everything. Like one, you know, my if you look at my iPod or whatever my playlist on my iPod, you'll see everything from classical music to, you know, to hip hop, to oldies, to blues, to jazz, house. I mean, you'll see, you'll see and hear anything. <laughs> so, you know, that's how my reading is. And I respect that. Like you got to do what's best for you. You have to stay in your lane. You got to live your life. A lot of folks want to, you know, live vicariously through others. You got to live your life. You got to have, you know, you have a voice. You know, and also you have a choice. That's, you know, like Colin Kaepernick or what have you, you know what I mean? You have the right to do what you want to, and unfortunately you have the right to do what you don't want to do. If you don't want to do it, you don't do it. If you want to read it, fine. If you don't want to read it, that's fine too. I mean, like you said, I hear it's, it's, it's hilarious to me when you walk up to somebody and you ask them, uh, are they an avid reader or what genre do they like to read, enjoy reading, or what have mm-hmm. you. And then they say, I don't be reading nothing. So it's like, wow, you know how much you just expressed in that statement? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you. I want to say to them, you should be reading something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean, it's it's to each but that is that they don't when they say that though that takes me back to what I said earlier is it that um, when they say I don't be reading anything is it, is it because they just don't read or when they have read they've had bad experiences meaning that the pen has not grabbed them because in order for you to get into reading a pen has to grab you and pull you into that book you have some authors that just write they write mentally and their passion right. and their emotion are not in their writing. When you write right. mentally, you are telling them what the story is. But if you don't show a reader what the story is, if you don't show them how it felt, show them the fear, show them the terror, whatever it is you're trying reflecting, mm-hmm. trying to reflect through right. your pen, if you don't show them what it is, they're not going to feel it. So then they're going to say, eh, it's all right to read. But that, to me, just means they haven't found the right pen to grab them and pull them into their world because it's, it takes a really crafty author to be able to pull you into their world because I before I started reading avidly, I didn't like reading either. But it okay. And I had to learn that it's not that I don't like reading. I didn't find the right pen. I wasn't reading the right genre, the right thing to, to, to kind of tap into my mind. Right. Right. And I think a lot of readers go through that. They, it's sometimes it's the author's pen, even right down to kids' books. You know, you have kids that uh, they don't like to read certain kind of books. You know, I would get on my son because he, I was like, you got to read black authors because, you know, we do more than just play sports and da 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 And he'll say, 
All of those books are emotional. They're always writing about a sad story. And when you think of it, most of the time, a black author with kids' books, most of them are a story about something going on with their life and this and that. But when you have like a Jonathan Rand who's tapping into that child's imagination or James Patterson who's tapping into that sixth grader's imagination, allowing them to relate to whatever they're writing, they're grabbing them with their pen because they're able to tap into their mind. And I think it's the same thing. Sorry, T. That's okay. I just wanna um I just wanna add also that the beauty of an author's pen, the strength of an author's pen can take you through various genres. You can have a little bit of erotica, you can have a little bit of mystery, a little bit of urban, which I'm in the bubble according to Mr. Hakeem. And you can have a little bit of history. <laughs> but it's also <laughs> I mean oh, like that. But it's Lord also of mercy. You're not in the bubble, sweet, sweet tea. You're not in the bubble, sweet tea. Don't worry about it. You're not in the bubble. Did, did you like that, though? I love it. I love it. She threw that in there. She was like, as he would say, in the bubble. That's right. She's like, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that off. You got that you off? You got been sitting did you, home. Did you get it off? What happened? She said, I need him to be clear. Oh, I'm clear. It's clear. It's crystal clear. It's crystal clear. clear. (laughs) Made that clear. Sweet tea tea is in in nobody's bubble. She has first. She has popped. Sweet tea has popped. She is not in anybody's bubble. You you know you always coming in here starting some trouble, getting my papers all discombobulated on my desk. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. She she's supposed to be messy after you have an episode. I'm not gonna mess. I'm not gonna go there with you because you know you, I can I can take the rest A of the going back and forth with you. <laughs> please, please, you gotta go back and forth. Gotta create that friction. Yeah, I just wanted to get you right. Yeah, she just wants to get you right so that when you leave us yeah, out of here, you will never right. say she in bubble again. Come on, get me <laughs> right. Y'all, she burst that bubble. She burst that bubble. She popped that bubble. <laughs> oh, man, I love messing with you, Hakeem. You know that. But um, I love the beauty of an author that can bring us those various genres of in a book, and I think that's what elevates, you know, so those that actually know their pen and know the strength of their pen, that they can bring those various genres into a book and give you a quality story that you can enjoy and you keep coming, you keep coming back for more and more. What What's right. your thoughts on that, Mr. Bubble About Man? Uh, the John, the John, <laughs> the various pens. Right. I just, I, you know, um, you know, like, like previously said, you know, Whatever you enjoy, you enjoy. It, it, it's not up to me. It's not up to me to uh, dictate what you're going to write or what you're going to read or what you're going to enjoy. I, um, like I said, I respect all forms, you know, um, because it, what 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 might be appealing to me might not be appealing to you. I mean, some folks say I'm a nerd. Some folks say I'm mm-hmm. I'm a you know I'm too laid back. I'm too reserved or whatever. But it's like they only know, you know, it's like that onion. You only see one layer. You only 
are exposed to one layer, you don't know what's what's inside of that that onion. You don't know what's inside of that person. You know, you just you're just seeing one level. You know, you're not seeing well, I have a, every level. I, 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 I got you, I, I got a, a question. question. I have a question. Go ahead. What's your question? <laughs> okay, my question to you is before we wrap up because uh, you know we, we we can have a show just with you alone. We are gonna have to look into that. But you have started. Yeah, I, I, I wish you would let me have a show with just with, with just you two alone. <laughs> I know you would love that. You I would love it. I would absolutely love you, it. You are too nice. You God, opened God, up God, your God. segment of the show as the sexy erotic poet. But you've also shared with us the different um, avenues that your writing takes. You're a man from Philly, so you write the walk, the walk, the life that you walk. Which right. part of that do you find the most joy? Which genre, because we're still on this genre, brother, which genre brings you the most <laughs> joy that you can relate the real Hakeem Stokes to your readers? Um... Education, definitely education. Mm, um, really, I'm a stickler for education. I have to, uh, I definitely have to go with that. I mean, because if at the end of the day you have to teach folks something, I mean, you can go okay. with with the entertainment aspect of, uh, you know, the action, the drama, and blah, blah, blah. But if they didn't get anything from it, if they didn't get a moral to that story, uh, mm-hmm. to be apprehensive or to be cautious or to uh, open up or, or pop the bubble or, you know, you know, be relentless or, you know, be brave. Like it should be some kind of thesis statement. There should be some kind of, you know, lesson. In my opinion, there should be some kind of lesson in the work, mm-hmm. not just, mm-hmm. if not, it's just a whole bunch of words on paper. You know, I mean, anybody mm-hmm. can get up there and, and be like, bang, bang, blah, 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 you know, ha, ha, you know, whatever. But it's like, what did you get out of that after after you read it? You know, okay. if you didn't get a ring on your finger, it was worthless. It was just a whole bunch of, you know, fertility, right? It was just a whole bunch of nothing, right? Yeah. Which is a whole bunch of waste, mm-hmm. waste, waste, wasteful pumps, right? Okay. You can't you know, get it wasn't, that it wasn't nothing to it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so I like I like education, and that that's why that's why I wrote the that's why I wrote the book. I interviewed uh it's the Purple Orchard Syndrome. I interviewed twelve men between the ages of twenty one and seventy one on their experience of growing up without a father in the household. So that was an educational uh, work. And then the follow up in January twenty eighteen. I had the purple, I mean, the uh, the effectual uh, lilac, which is going to be uh, a similar work. I interviewed uh, young ladies. Uh, actually, I interviewed a group, uh, a different grouping of ladies uh, between the ages of uh, 21 and 51. And it's not so much their experience of their father not being in the household, but it was their, uh, what was their relationship with their father and how did it uh pretty much direct their their walk and how they uh relate to men because a lot of times or as they say you know you listen to sigmund freud or whoever any other doctor out there clinical or biological they say a lot of times you're uh the way you deal with men is the way you dealt with your father and uh 
you know, your relationship with men are only based on your relationship with your father. So I wanted to tap into that and see what that was all about. So I interviewed several women from different age groups and gave me their honest opinion, very candid. And I was uh, amazed with a lot of the answers that I received. And, and it, it, uh, it gives great insight. Because you're getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting it straight off the cuff from women. It's not anything right. that, that I'm making up or that I'm using for my imagination. I got it from, uh, you know, women that were are well to do, uh, you know, and different uh, age groups and different nationalities. So it's not just the African American experience; it's the experience of a multiplicity of women. So I'm anxious for this book to come out, and I'm I'm anxious for you, uh, for everyone to read it, not just women, but men as well. You can uh, learn how to relate to your woman uh, better, hopefully your wife uh, better, and and also with the uh, you know the uh, purple orchard syndrome. uh, A lot of women have told me they were able to deal with their son a lot better. They were deal able to deal with their husband or their man a lot better so that's what i try to do i try to give you some nuggets i try to give you morsels of intelligence that will live on forever awesome you're listening to let's chat my name is tony and i'm joined by my one and only phenomenal co-host miss alicia and we have the diversified nugget giving bubble wrapping hot Pray for, 
And I oh, thank y'all very and, much and for. And I just a bubble. He be trying to pour it yeah. on thick. Look, he be trying to pour it on thick. So you the bubble bust, you know what I mean? Do you know? But do you do you know how sensational right. it is to bust or burst a bubble? Like that is just like everything. That's just that's just mm, that just puts the yeah. that just puts the cherry on top of everything. That just smears yeah, the, you, the whipped cream right. and everything. Clean it up with that. Go ahead, You need that bubble. You need that bubble to be first. Uh, nah, we ain't cleaning nothing up. We leaving it messy. We ain't cleaning nothing up. It's gonna You're be killing all me, messy. Yucky. You're killing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my lord. We appreciate you coming me. on the show with us today. Yes, you know you are always nah, welcome here in the you. chat room. I appreciate you. And we will talk to you next you time. We'll see you. I'll no see you when you come to Atlanta. No doubt. I'll be there with uh bubbles on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not messing with you, I A mess. <laughs> this is a mess. A mess and oh a half, that's Lord. all. <laughs> <laughs> this is Love's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. Oh you know, we just got finished kicking it with the fabulous author, Hakeem Stokes. If you missed his interview, no worries. Just go ahead back to our archives here on blogtalk.com or on iTunes and check them out. We're going to take a brief break, and then we'll be back with the dynamic author and publisher, Serenity Hall. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash yards, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash yards, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Blige. Pump like handles so she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from a thigh. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like flash yards, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like flash yards, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, how you doing, love? What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. My all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. That was a fabulous Aaron Bebo. Yes, author and publisher Aaron Bebo. 
does more than just write books. He makes music as well. So shout out to B here on Let's Chat. We are excited to have our next guest, uh, Serenity Hall, who uh, is new, not new to the chat room, but she newly wrote a biography um, about a, I'm going to say fabulous, only because I've spoken with her and just her spirit is really, really awesome. Um, but I want mm-hmm. her to kind of fill in on the treacherous hustle um, and what got her into writing it and, you know, the whole process, um, because she's been an author for years as well. Welcome, Serenity. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Welcome to Let's Chat. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. So you, you're you doing so much. I mean, we're going to start off with what's going on in Serenity's world. Um, because you, since the last time you've been on the show, you've done a lot of different things. You have your hands in a lot of different jars. Talk a little bit about some of the things that's going on um, with your writing, just with your company in general. Well, I launched Seven Figures Publications last year in November 2016. And after that, I was asked to do this biography for Felicia Blakely. So basically right now I'm publishing authors and continuing to write. Absolutely. Now, how did you get to be able to write her biography? A friend of mine's sister is incarcerated with Felicia, and during that time when they was getting ready to release the movie, she wanted to tell her story herself instead of somebody else telling it because they hadn't reached out to her to come and talk to her to get, like, details of what happened in her life. They took her story from the For My Man episode and an article that was written years ago in Creative Creative Lofi. So Mm -hmm. she felt the need to Mm -hmm. tell her story in her own words, basically. Mm -hmm. Wow. And when it is funny. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lisa. I'm just going to ask, was there a lot of red tape uh, you had to go through when going through this process Mm -hmm. of um, getting her biography written? No, we had a lot of visits, like physical visits, and we had a lot of video visits, and we talked on the phone a lot. It was pretty easy. I mean, doing the story was kind of painful because reading mm-hmm. something that a young girl went through and for me to have kids myself and to think, like, if they ever had to go through something like this, it would probably tear me to pieces. It's just. I, I can't even explain it. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Wow. Was hard. I was going to on the same vein as what Lisa was saying, how was it putting the story together? And you said it was painful for you to write. So how long did it take from start to finish to get this? So we started last year around, first we started to, I kind of wanted to get to know her first. So we started to get mm-hmm. to know each other first because I wanted to kind of feel like who this person is, where she's right. coming from, you know. But she's a totally different person now than what she was back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Totally different person. I just 
but I know, like, I can tell that that little girl still lives there because it's some things mm-hmm. when she explained to me they're so painful for her. She mm-hmm. She's, like, in all with this whole situation. Like, she knows she did it. She's sorry that she did it, but believe that she did it. Because it was wow. a point right. where she put her on a fly. So, and this happened. We had a conversation once, and she was like, there's so many girls that have been through what I've been through. And I wonder why God didn't stop in, step in, I'm sorry, why he didn't step in to stop me before it went this far and cost me my life. She said she, she just didn't mm-hmm. understand that. But she said she's humble, and at the same time, she's able to tell her story and be able to help other young women that's going through this. And hopefully they'll take heed Absolutely. Stay away from men like this. Growing up, being molested, they'll be able to go out and talk to somebody about it instead of keeping it to themselves or acting out. Or if they have a parent that's not there, like hands-on, not there emotionally for them, they could find somebody. Because there's a lot of support groups out here. Hopefully they can find mm-hmm. somebody that they can reach out to that will help them so they won't end up in a situation that she's in. Or even just be in an abusive relationship. Because you can be mm-hmm. in prison and not be in prison. That's yes, right. I say that all the time. You could you could be in your own personal prison all by yourself. And the bars right. are your mind. That's right. Has she been able to watch the movie? Yes, she has watched the movie. She watched. Mm-hmm. She said, "Okay, the part when Lance, where Dino, headbutt Felicia in the movie." She said that part right mm-hmm. there really took her back. She said it didn't really? cut close to the abuse that she went through, but that part right there, mm-hmm. it just it took her back to that time, and that's when she cried. Wow. Now most of like- that movie is like fiction. Mm-hmm. Most most of the fiction. Okay, she did murder some people. She did, but in the way it happened in the movie, it, it wasn't like that. It was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of startled by the part when um, Felicia and Pumpkin were in the car after they left from from Florida, and the guy got shot. The first guy, when he got mm-hmm. shot, and they was in the car bouncing around like, "Oh, Bunny and Bunny, I did that." She didn't like that part of the movie because mm. that never happened. That she never felt like that, not once. Really? Yeah, it's mm. just some things. It's like, but like she said, she says Hollywood. So what could she so. say? Now, how did she like the book? Did she read the book? She loved it. She said, "I did a wonderful job." Me and everybody that worked on the story. Sheila Peel. Mm. Linda Wilson, Linda Wilson is the editor. She's the, the main editor, and she's awesome. She really put mm-hmm. her work in on this project. I can't take mm-hmm. nothing from her when it comes to this. She really, really put her work in on this. Awesome. And uh-huh. then you wrote another book. Um, tell us a little bit Actually, about um, why she chose to why she chose to put the letters out there um, as far as um, the conversations that they've had. Actually, it was both, both of our ideas. 
because she was telling me about him writing her, you know, and the things that he would say. So on social media, the questions that people will ask, and they want to know, like, what type of guys this that she's dealing with. So we wanted them to see firsthand. Like, this is these are the letters that he wrote her soon after she went to prison for something that he told her to go out and do. And he, mm-hmm. he still was being manipulative during this time. So we wanted to put them out there so all the readers would go in and read and get a feel of what kind of man she was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And you Is know, that available he now? was watching the movie. Yeah, they're available mm-hmm. now. They're on Amazon.com right now, publication website, or uh, com website and purchase them. Okay. And even with watching the movie and watching um, for my man, and even just like speaking with her, um, he kind of put me in the mind of a modern day Charles Manson. You think so? Mm. Not to me. I mean, you think about it. He he. What did he really do? But direct broken people to go and do his will. You know what I'm saying? So you said me, that Felicia I, put I, you in the mind of something? Or you no, saying the guy no, put you in the mind? No, no, Dino. Oh, the Dino, guy. right. Michael mm-hmm. He puts me in the mind of a modern, yeah, he puts me in the mind of a modern day um, Charles Manson. You sent right. broken women out to do your bidding, to do your will. No thought right. or care about them, their future, their protection, nothing. You just sent them yes. out to do what you couldn't do. Right. But I understand, you know, why they couldn't put him in jail. Manson's in jail. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, they never implicated him in any of the murders. So it's like when she, oh. she said she said she was still bound, kind of. She still loved him mm-hmm. when she first got locked up. And it was like, I'm going to protect my man at all costs. Until wow. she got there. She said even... After she was there for a while, it really hadn't hit her what she had done. It took a while for mm. her. Did you see this chain that was on her neck that he put on her, the chain and the lock that he had a mm-hmm. key to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something that she told me in a visit. She said she got arrested way before this. She said she don't know why she reacted the way she did, but she was like, y'all ain't cutting this chain off my neck. Ain't nobody taking this chain off my neck. My man put this on my neck. He got the key. If he want to take it off, he can take it off. Like, she was so mm. brainwashed. You got a dog chain around your neck. You're so brainwashed by this person that this is like a symbol of love to her. So when she got mm. locked up the last time, she said she her, her fight was over. Like, she was done. She was tired. And she didn't care anymore. Mm. It was like, just cut it off. It's mm-hmm. crazy when somebody got to get a like a wire cutter to cut something off your neck that somebody else put on. You can't even take it off wow. yourself. Wow, mm. that's deep. And that's and deep. yeah, and just just thinking of how women, how we are when we interact with our men and our families, it's so easy to get wrapped up in your man's world or your children's world, and you kind of lose yourself in the process. You know what I'm saying? Women, we as women, we do that a lot. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about that just as a mother, as a wife, um, that that pull or desire that we have to always kind of protect those around us that we love? I think first it starts at home. When you're not getting the love and attention that you hope to get, you may see other people. I'm going to use school girls for instance. You may go to school and you may see these other girls. My daddy did, so my mama did. And it's that one little girl right there listening to all this stuff that's going on. She's not getting any of this attention at her home. But then she runs mm-hmm. into this guy, and it's like he's everything to her. He starts telling her everything that she want to hear. He's treating her good. It's kind of like being in a grooming process where he's pulling you in. He want to keep you in his mm. world. You gonna be, He's everything to you, and he makes you feel like you're everything to him. And then once you're in so deep, it's too late. You think this person loves you the way that he treats you. You think this is love when it's, that's really not what it is. But then it's going to take mm-hmm. you a while or take for another person to come along and show you what true love really is so you can get yourself out of that situation. But if that never happens, then you you just stay in and settle because you rather feel like somebody loves you than not to have somebody love you at all. So, Do you think, powerful. I think I said to my last guest, do you think that um, – Men and women both, do you think that we confuse need with love? I do. Because when people need us, we feel a certain way and we feel loved in a sense. But really they may need you for whatever the, the, the thing is that they need you for, but do they want you? That's two different things. And I don't think right. we, we that doesn't click in our, our mind. Right. I, I do believe that, but some people like people wanting to be loved. People wanted to be needed too. Those people may want to be loved, and they may not love them. But at the same time, like you just said, they think we would think that they love us when it's really need. Sometimes we know it. We know that's all they want. They just need us to do something for them, but we'll settle mm-hmm. for that too because in our we'll put it in our mind mm-hmm. that this person really love me just to be attached to something that makes you feel like you're being loved. Wow. That's so true. And still happening today. Yeah. My daughters, I have three daughters. I try to show them all the love and affection I can. Sometimes I think I go a little overboard, but I don't care. I'm going to give it to mm-hmm. them. I, I, I never show them tough love when I know I should, but I don't do mm-hmm. it because, like, I have one daughter, she's 20 years old. She's going through the motion right now. But I'm kind of scared to show her tough love because it may be that one time, like Felicia said, she went to her mom was like, come home and I need to stay. And her mom was like, you can't stay here. You can't stay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that was after the time when he threw the alcohol on her and set her on fire. It's not going to be a time um, where my daughter's going to come to me and tell me she needs to stay and I'm going to tell her no. That's just not going to happen. I, mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to do it. And then mm-hmm. it's not like I had a squeaky clean life myself because I've been through stuff too, not to the extent of how Felicia been through it, but I know it's a lot of young girls, girls 20 years old, and they out in the street and think they know. They don't know. 
They don't know. They just beginning to live life. Felicia left mm-hmm. home way before then, and she had to start living life on her own. Mm. So she knew. What? knew that it was unhealthy and she needed to get out, but because she didn't have that support, she's all she had. Right. And she left a few times and mm-hmm. he would come find her and bring her back. He would mm-hmm. beat her and like, do things to her, make her do things. And it was like, she said she just gave up. She just gave up. It just, whatever mm-hmm. he wanted. Wow. She's like that. She said she was at the point where that's my man. Nobody gonna tell me nothing about my man. That's just how it was. Was there any part of the story, uh-huh. Trinity, that you just felt so so compelled to just sit back and think, "Wow, this really happened." What was the hardest part of of telling this when he said home party? It was that when point. She explained it to me. It was more intense. Because we sitting in visitation, and I was like, so I want you to tell me, like, what happened? How did you feel at this point? So she said they came back from from Florida. They didn't have the money that he expected for them to have. And he was like, you effed up. You mean to tell me you went down there, I told you to hit a lick, and you didn't do it? So he tied her up mm-hmm. with some duct tape, tied up her body. And you know the little, um, the guards that go on Clippers? He took those mm-hmm. guards mm-hmm. and he set, them, he set them all together like in a pile. And he made her stand on them, hold the alcohol on her body, set her fire. And when she told him, she was mm. like, the thing I could hear still burning first was my pubic hair. I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. I was like, and at that point, I was like, you should have killed him. And she said, mm-hmm. you know something? She said, that thought never crossed my mind to kill him. She said, that thought, this wow. how much she loved him. That that thought never crossed her mind. In the movie, it mm. shows that when he took her out of the hotel, I mean, I'm sorry, when he took her out of the club, he took her to a ho- uh, house. That wasn't true. Mm-hmm. He took her mm-hmm. out of the club and took her to a hotel, and she was like, Man, this is kind of strange, you know, because he was taking care of me from jail. He was making it seem like he was this big shot or whatever, but he take me to a hotel with some mm-hmm. old girls at. Like, what's really going on? So I was like, why didn't you get out then? Because it was at the point where her and her mom was at odds. So you know how young girls are. I'm going to show her that I could do this myself without her. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and try to tough this out. Because I don't want to go back home and hear her say that I told you so. Right. Mm. That's how she got stuck in the situation. Mm. That's a few unfortunate turns. And the whole story is in the book that you wrote, and it's more in-depth than the movie on TV. Right. You get everything in the treacherous hustle. Everything. Mm. That movie don't even cut close to Felicia's life story. Wow. Wow. And some that people, like, deep. on social media, it's some really, really mean people. And I understand that Felicia killed somebody. I never try to downplay what she did because she did it. But they're not taking into account that 
Felicia was a young girl, really young when she was out here prostituting, basically, because that's what it was. And Mm -hmm. these older men, like 30, 34, even 25 years old, going in here, paying this young girl to sleep with them. They trade money for sex with an underage child. I mean, are any of these men at fault with what they're doing to this child? Do they ever think it comes to a point where, okay, I'm doing this. This is something that I really don't want to be doing. Think me out here to do it. I have to do it. Then it comes to that place where her mind that I got to try to take control of this situation mm-hmm. in order to survive. Because if I don't, then it's like she just, she might want to take her own life. You get what I'm saying? She never thought about taking her own life, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? She at that point where she done hit her lowest or the low, and she got to feel, she got to figure out how she going to come back from it. Mm. So it's like, I got to take control Man. of the situation. All, all of these men taking control, taking advantage of me, even though she's out there doing it, but she's young, underage, mind not fully developed at this point. And these grown men, they don't live their life. They know what's going on. I mean, where is the wrong at in what they were doing? Where is it? Right. They don't see it. And that's just me talking. That's my opinion. Because I've been, I've been through molestation mm-hmm. when I was young. And I just feel like people that molest young women, they should be punished too. Not saying they should be punished by death or just by what she did, but they should be held accountable for what they did. For their role. I'm so happy that I had Absolutely. a chance to meet Felicia, and I'm happy that I had a chance to write her story. Mm-hmm. I would wow. never, because ever. It's like so many females, even if you look on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, you have people that throw parties, you know, in bars. They post them. They have people just doing just random for money. Um you know, dancing in in the bars. And it's like right. people are doing it every day. It's so many um, women out there, single mothers, that are out there doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And some are and doing it about willingly. And, and, and they show this stuff. They show this stuff like we only really see the good part of it. Like they make it look like it's all good. Everything is glamorous. The money is good. What about those girls that end up on drugs? What about those girls that end up dead? Somebody that killed them, girls that committed suicide or attempted to commit suicide and then they vegetables right now. What about those girls? They don't mm-hmm. show that. Mm-hmm. They should because these girls need to know it. Everybody do not come out on top. Mm-hmm. They just don't. That's so true. I heard an interview from Tasha. I think she was on the Breakfast Club. I think Tasha Smith, the director of the movie. I think she it was on the Breakfast Club, uh-huh. and she said when they went in one of the clubs, she was like, "Oh my God!" She was like, "They were selling uh, condoms in the club. They were selling um, like coochie spray." She said they were selling everything in there that let you know that. You can get back to anything you want to get out of this club. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. That's not right. But they let it go on. Right. Then when something bad happens from it, it's all over the news. Once you just put it all over the news in the beginning, all the stuff that's not good so you can go out there and try to stop this because there's a better way for these women. Mm-hmm. I'm not Absolutely. judging them. I'm not judging anybody for what they do, but I'm just saying it's a better way. Definitely is. Wow. Renly, we are so um, happy that you shared this with us tonight. It has been an eye-opener. It's like an inside, behind-the-scenes look at the movie that we've looked at. And I want to make sure everybody goes out and pick up that phenomenal book in addition to everything else you have. So please share your social media handles as well as where Eddie can, they can pick up the book. For those that I'm are listening. On, I'm on Facebook under Arthur Serenity Hall. I have a fan page, Serenity Hall. Felicia Blakely also has a fan page on uh, Facebook under Felicia Blakely and on Instagram. Some people think that she's not the one that's answering them back on those questions that they're asking, mm-hmm. but that is actually her answering those questions. Uh, wow. I also have um, Instagram under Serenity Hall. And my website, www.serenityhall.com and sevenfigurepublications.com. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and that's where they can pick up the book as well as Amazon, you said, right? Right, Amazon.com. They can get it right now. So Kindle, Kindle Unlimited or whoever has Kindle Unlimited, they can get it or they can purchase it. They can purchase the paperback. Next week, the hardback will be released. Awesome. So well, much for joining us, Renee. You're welcome. Thank you yes. Sharing this, sharing your, your the process and the behind the scenes with us, um, awesome. Like we, I, I really, really, really appreciate you for just kind of stepping in and taking her story and and putting it out there. Thank you. I, it was an honor for me to do it, and I just want people to know that Felicia is even though they want to stick out the bad people, always like to stick out the bad in people. She killed three men. Yes, she did. But mm-hmm. she has changed her life around. She is so sorry for what she has done. She wish she'd never done it. She wish she could turn by the hands of time, but she can't. And right now she is the most humble person I have ever came across. Love it. Love it. We love it. We love it. Absolutely. And I agree. I, I agree. You know, just the the passion in the words um, from the, the, you know, few conversations that I've had with her. I, I can see that, you know, if she was out and about today and somebody told me this was her, I'd be like, who, her? You know, I right. mean, it's just you're able to see someone's second chance. Um, they're their right. second wind of life and, and where it's a whole new person. And so I hope everything works out for her. I'm, I wish you nothing but success on on the book and your journey. We appreciate you. You know you're welcome here anytime. Absolutely. Oh, Lisa, let me tell you something before you go. I have a book right now which is being edited that Felicia Blakely wrote. I don't know if we're going to change the name or not, but I'll post it. But it's uh, um 
it's kind of spiritual, but the young girl in the novel is kind of going through the motions also. So the woman, Miss mm-hmm. Bill, that wrote the script for uh, When Love Kills, she went to visit uh-huh. Felicia today. This was her first time ever seeing that she, she got a special visit. She was able really? to visit her today. Yeah, so it's possible that this book may be able to be seen on the screen because she said we're going to work really hard to make that happen. That's awesome. Well, keep me yeah. posted. Yeah, that will. is awesome. Keep keep us posted on that. I will. Well, this yeah. is last chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I got my fabulous right hand and sometimes my left. Miss Tony in the building with me. We are here talking that talk with the fabulous author and publisher, Serenity Hall. Make sure you guys head over to Amazon, pick up that treacherous hustle today. Oh, my goodness, y'all. This is, if you've just tuned in and you've missed this interview, just go back and hear our archives. Um, This has really been an eye-opener. It really has. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you for coming on and sharing with us. Yes, we do. Thank you, Serenity. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, you have a great evening. Okay, good night. Okay, good night. Good night. Wow, that was powerful. That was a great show. Yes, mm-hmm. and just just the, to hear behind the scenes of putting the process of putting everything together, really, really, really powerful show. We appreciate everybody that tuned in today. Uh, we'll see you guys here tomorrow. We have Imani Wisdom tomorrow. We will see you guys. Okay, good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us.